Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I've got Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And the one and only J.D. Rogers. What's up? How's everyone doing, guys? That was a little abrupt today, JD. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Just you want to talk about anything? No, no energy. But those Reese's cups you're eating look pretty good. Hey, you want one? Uh, <laughs> they're, they're Trader Joe's dark chocolate peanut butter cups. Those are so good. Uh, you should freeze them. I was about to say that. I was no. saying they're, yes. I was about to say are they frozen? The oh they're my from gosh. the fridge. But, okay, that's you know. good. That's good. Oh, that's good. I got to take a Twix or a Kit Kat. Freeze those. Mm. Mm. It does something about chocolate frozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does something. Changes Magical. the game. All right, yeah. but that's not what we're talking about. What are we talking about? Yeah, we're talking about the idea of respecting governing authorities Mm. and what that means. And do you obey the law when the law disobeys God? Mm. And so I think it's a question worth asking. And so, David, why don't you go ahead and just start off by giving us context why even as Christians we're called to obey our governing authorities? Yeah, this is a question a lot of people have written in over the past two years because— People live in different um, jurisdictions or different cities, different states, and every state has different laws, and people live, uh, generally, most of you guys listen or live in America that listen, but the Bible commands us in Romans chapter 13, in fact, let me just read it, Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7, some good, some good stuff here. Paul says, every person should be in subjection to governing authorities, for there's a no, no authority except from God, and those which exist, are established by God. So God is over everybody. At this time, it was Nero, who was a psychopath and the emperor of Rome. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. And they who opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have fear or have no fear of authority? Do what is good and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. For it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, talking about government, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for the conscience sake to governing authorities. Uh, For because of this, you also pay taxes for rulers are servants of God, devoting them devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due to them. Tax to whom taxes due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. So that, and then you go over to First Peter, and it is, it says, you know, submit yourself for the Lord's sake, First Peter chapter 2, 13 through 17. Submit yourself to the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to king as one authority or to governors as those sent by him to punish evildoers and praise those who do right. For it is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves or servants of God. Honor all people, love the brother, brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. So you read those. Mine says honor the emperor. Which is, you ever seen uh, Emperor's New Groove? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Long uh-huh. live Cusco. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was, that was a... We both had quotes just at the top if of our... If you're a millennial, you love that movie. Yeah, it's a good I want to have something out, actually. The One of the first times I ever preached at the porch in my run-through, I quoted Emperor's New Groove, and David was like, don't do that. 
you look you look way too young That's if you do that. Funny. And I that kind of hurt. Really? Because I grew up on that movie and I can quote the entire thing. Man, we. But I'm glad I listened. The best scene in that movie. <laughs> it is a great movie. It's, it's, it's so good. It, uh, is the scene where I think his name's Kronk. Yeah, Kronk. Has the two angels on his shoulder. Uh huh. <laughs> okay, we can just. He does that. He's like he does the one handed. <laughs> yeah. Just don't get any details wrong. And he's like, wait, that doesn't matter. He's like, he's like no, yeah. he's got a point. point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, everyone knows it. But yeah. anyways, so. So many questions come to my mind in reading, especially that chapter and that part in Romans. The first question that comes to my mind is, it says that God has appointed all the people in authority. Yep. Is that true today? Because if so, I think in some parts of the world, especially not even speaking for America, it can seem like why would God appoint these people in authority. Yes. And can I add to that? Because it's kind of mm-hmm. similar. Um, there's there's a line in there that says that all authorities are God's, or for the authorities are God's servants. So answer both of those. Yeah, so it, it's talking about government and it's teaching, hey, this is an institution that God is sovereignly over. He's not saying that they always operate like God wants them to, or that they're even godly people, or that they even know God. But those are two passages that are a part of the conversation for as Christians. How should we think about uh, those who are in authority. There's other passages like First Timothy chapter two, where it says, "Pray for all those who are pray for kings and all those who are in high places." So that'd be your senator, your representative. Pray for your president. That Christians should be marked by praying for those leaders. And he tells us why in that passage, First Timothy chapter two, so that we would lead quiet, tranquil lives. Basically, so that uh, we'd be left alone and not marked by evil, but so that uh, God would put godly people in positions of power. Now, there are also places, because people read those and they go, hey, if the government tells you to do something, you have to do it. There are also places in scripture where we see people do civil disobedience or disobey when a law contradicts God's law. To give examples, remember in Egypt, Pharaoh had these midwives. He said, go kill all of the firstborn sons or all the sons And it says that there were righteous midwives who didn't even know God, but they disobeyed, they lied, and they wouldn't kill him. Rahab, remember Rahab, Joshua chapter two? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rahab at one point was, um, she hid the spies and then she covered it up. And like, was she supposed to do that? Because she's disobeying her authorities who said, hey, if anybody comes here, she hid people that were among God's people. Um, And God blessed her for that and protected her family. There's also Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who directly disobey. Those are in Daniel, where basically the king says, everybody has to bow down to this statue. And they say, we bow only to God. He said, well, then I'm going to kill you, throw you in a fire. And he throws him in a fire. There was another in the fire. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, And so there are are times, and I think it comes down to, is this a contradiction against a higher law of God? Um, You know, it's funny in the Nuremberg trials. uh, I don't know what that is. You guys don't know what that is. Nope. Why have I heard of that recently? Who's though? heard of Nazi Germany here? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we got yep. you on that yeah. one. Secret Hitler. Yeah. After <laughs> Secret Hitler. <laughs> after, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> after World War II, all of the Nazis were put on trial for killing six million Jewish people and millions and millions of other mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And it was like, the defense was, we were just obeying the government laws. And they were convicted. And I say this to segue into even our society knows that there are times where there is a higher obligation and law that we have. Yeah. That is God's law. And in, in the judge or at that trial, it basically was, hey, there is a higher authority than any German regime or any American authority. And so in the same way, we as Christians know that if somebody contradicts the law of God, there's a higher law 
that we are ultimately called. So if they're compelling you or they are commanding that you disobey God's law, then we have a responsibility to not obey authorities that would be doing that. Yeah. Okay. So this might stir the pot a little bit. Can I give you one verse to back that up? Yeah, you can. In Acts chapter 14, I'm sorry, in Acts chapter 4 and in Acts chapter 5, they basically said, hey, we want you, we're going to, they arrested Peter and, um, and John, and they said, hey, we'll let you go, but don't ever talk about Jesus again. That was the authority. And they said, hey, whether it's right to obey you or obey God, you can decide for yourself. We must obey God. And then in Acts chapter five, the same thing happened where it says, hey, we must obey God rather than men and the government. So if there's a contradiction that I think we're compelled, hey, we're going to go with the higher law, which is God's law. Yeah, that's really good. So basically like obey your authorities unless you're disobeying God by doing that. Yes, I would say for the most part. Okay, so here's where I feel like people are going to hear that and say, well, I'm convicted that I you shouldn't have to wear a mask. Or I'm convicted that, you know, we can get into all the political things right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where does that like go between like, no, this is the Holy Spirit. Like this is something in God's word versus this is straight up just what I feel or what you may be convicted about, but isn't. Yeah, like what's just just talk about that. What's the line? Yeah, I think I think we have a unique position in America because we live in a democracy. And to further complicate things, we also have not just uh, the rights that when Paul wrote this, they didn't have, uh, or we do have rights that when Paul wrote this, we didn't have, where we do still, man, we're going to obey governing authorities and use our voices and our vote to advocate for things that are more in line with God's character, God's word, what leads, because God's word leads to flourishing in life. And so that's where as Christians, we go, hey, there's a lot of people with different worldviews. I'm going to vote in line with my convictions that come from scripture. And to take the mass thing for a good example, um, I think it is honoring. There's times where it is honoring to wear a mask. And there's times where um, it is, especially if your government is saying that, but I think it's totally appropriate to wear the mask and say, hey, I disagree. And, and let's not even get it on all the like science or what it is. That's not the point. That's just one example of, uh, let's say they commanded, uh, you can't wear red shirts. Well, then you're not going to wear a red shirt, but you can totally vote for, hey, I want people in office who give me the freedom to wear what I want to wear. And I'm going to use my voice and my uh, voting to do that. So that's even a more random example, but I think that's how to think about it. Yeah. I know you're not minimizing that either. I know some people, so just, I know that you're not because you care. I heard you say basically like show preference to the other person. Like, you know, there's that. So I might wear a mask even though I feel convicted or, you know, whoever it is feels convicted that you don't need to because it's showing care for someone else or because my work says I need to. Okay, there's that. Um, What about all these people who are losing their jobs or walking out because the vaccine is being mandated? And then there's people on the other end of the spectrum saying like, you guys are so selfish, the fact that you wouldn't get vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think both of the that's now we're drifting into Ugh. seriously controversial topics. Mm-hmm. But I think when a government, um, I think they have a responsibility, especially in a democracy. Because remember, Nero, everybody worked for him. In a democracy, everybody elected works for us. We vote them in. We pay their paycheck. It's not the other way around. They, it, we and so that's where I think being thoughtful and and saying, hey, I'm going to advocate for um, politicians that, especially Christian politicians first and foremost, but I'm going to advocate for people 
that align with what I think are the values scripture presents to us. And so if they mandate a vaccine um, and your conviction is not to get a vaccine, I think we're on, um, I, I just don't want to make it about vaccines. Yeah. I'm just saying, hey, um, man, if, if your conviction isn't, then I think you got to be willing to say, well, I'm not going to work here. and I'm not going to do that. And that, man, I respect that. Yeah, I think that's the differentiating. I think that's what I, that's helpful. Even saying like, hey, but I'm I'm willing to trust God with whatever consequences if I'm acting on faith, which all those examples you used in scripture, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were like, put us in the fire. And then they did get put in the fire. You know, the, the women who saved Moses, they were willing to lose their lives. Yes. And to speak up and speak the truth and say, hey, I don't think... Um, if your conviction is that um, whatever law, because I really don't want to make it. Yeah, We've already made I this. We've so many emails. <laughs> Sorry people about like, that. I can't believe you didn't convince what's going on in California. I, I think there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in our country right now that I, I don't agree with. But, and I'm thankful, um, one thing, in, uh, we're blessed in our state and blessed even in, in the positions where we work, where we don't have some of those challenges. So those are real and we feel empathy and that's a really hard place to be. But I think you still got to go, man, my conviction is not to do that. And so I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to live with the consequences of it. And vote uh, against that if that's your conviction. Like, hey, there's elections that are constantly happening. And so I'm going to use my voice to express the convictions that I have while honoring. Yeah. And, um, and for me personally, when I got to go to the grocery store and I have to wear a mask, I, I'm not going to say, you know, stick it to the man and I won't do it. I'm going to wear a mask that's in there. Whether or not I think that... Um, it's necessary for that specific example is not even relevant. I'm going to do, I'm going to honor those around me. I'm going to try to honor God in the process of it. So. Yeah. Last thing. Cause I know JD, you have some really great things too, or at least great questions. Um, I think too is, is a heart thing because I know for me personally, I can be pretty rebellious. I don't like being told what to do, especially if it's something I don't agree with. So I feel like there are probably a lot of people who are, you know, want to stand up, stick it to the man just because they don't agree with even something else. And I think that comes down to a heart thing where even considering like, hey, where is it my responsibility as a Christian to obey the governing authorities? So y'all speak to that if you want. I think if it contradicts God's word, you have a responsibility to not. That's good. I think if it is not clear, then I would seek to honor like he said at the end of that verse, he's like, honor everybody and give uh, honor to those whom it's due and honor the king. And so if it doesn't contradict God's word, then I think you do that. And I think we have the blessing of living in a democracy, which they didn't have then, of now we can elect um, on those issues that are not against God's word, but we still think, man, that's not right. We get, we get to vote in line with all the convictions that we have which is a real privilege that they didn't have back then. Does that make sense? Yeah, but sometimes it feels like you're so powerless, though, you know, because you're just, I know the whole I'm only one vote, and that matters, but you can't individually decide what's going to happen. Yeah, but you can be thoughtful, and you can speak out and yeah. speak and be informed and use, you know, the platform that you have, whatever that looks like, and the relationships you have to speak for truth. Yeah, I think for me, I have two questions, and then we can start to wrap up. I think when ever your authority, whether in the workplace, governing authority, when they do go clearly against God's word, how do you respond in a way that's God honoring yet clearly against what's happening? Because I think that's where I see a lot of the church 
miss. Yes. They respond one of two ways. Either they like don't and they like cripple or it can seem very rash or very harsh without gentleness or kindness or understanding. Um, so like, how do you respond truthfully in a way that's not in agreement yet loving? I think, um, I think you want to be prayerful. You want to be thoughtful. You want to be humble. You want to be gracious, which are really hard and challenging to do, especially in times where um, there is the enemy has been so at work. You know, it used to be like Satan. Satan showed his hands, all of his cards in 2020. You know what I mean? In terms of just like. (laughs) Knock on what I hope. (laughs) Yeah. Of just like, man, clearly if I wanted to uh, destroy a country, I would isolate everybody. I would divide everybody on everything. And I would make, you know, um, uh, groups. And I would would just make it to where even the church can't even meet, which it can't in some places right now. And that's an entirely other issue. Like, is that the Bible commands? to meet together is is that a, an issue where you say hey we're going to meet and um but i, I think you want to be humble loving gracious thoughtful and yet um courageous and that's re- <laughs> that's a challenge man <laughs> easy right i know yeah, that just i need that i need more of the spirit of god to help me continually in that that's something that we've been talking about as a staff recently that i think would be helpful to bring into this conversation Last week, uh, one of our leaders brought forth before our staff the idea of competing values mm-hmm. and how constantly in the areas where scripture is gray or we see um, these moments where, man, God allowed Pharaoh to rule over Egypt or to rule over yeah Egypt, but Israel and enslave them or God allowed Nero to be emperor of this time or whatever. Um God is allowing those people in authority today. And that right there is just like, why would God allow that? Different things. But then, like you just said, how do I respond both humbly and truthfully? Or how do I disagree and be God-honoring? And there's this tension in you where you're competing of like which value right now. Humility says to like maybe be quiet and listen but also speak the truth in love and like stand up for what's true, constantly competing. And I think it's so important that you walk in the spirit, that you walk intimately with God so you can trust his leadership in your life. It's the spirit of God that is the only thing you can trust when those decisions come, when those values are competing to know which one at which time is the one that you should listen to. And follow, which is a really hard, I think, vulnerable place for us because we want the answers. We want to know what's the right thing to do, and we want everyone to agree with us. Yeah, you know, and that's just it's. I'm acknowledge that that is that trips a lot of people up. But I also think that social media in 2020, in this light of competing values and all this, we have gotten so bad at knowing how to disagree, and yet, like live together yeah totally like like we are so bad at disagreeing that's a good another we should do another episode yeah like when did disagreeing become so personal like we are so like easily offended and i don't know i just i'm trying to push more and more something i've been practicing is when someone replies to one of my instagram stories that doesn't know me and gives a pretty strong stance i reply usually i'm like ah 
not for like disagreeing, like just like going in. I reply and I clap back and I, I like try to do it truthfully. Yeah. But I'm like, man, like here's how you responded. I'm going to just respond. Recently, that's been happening. And the, it's crazy. The moment I, I send it, there's something even in me that's like, <sighs> I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I just disagreed. And then I like step, take a few steps back and I'm like, wait, that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Chill. And I, I would just say like in that, in light of trying to decide what the right move is to, to do that, even if it seems like you're going against everyone, when you stand up for truth and people are going to disagree with you, that, that disagreement doesn't have to mean hostility towards you. It doesn't have to mean that you're an awful person or it doesn't mean that you're not listening enough. It doesn't mean all these different things that can seem to happen. Um, when, when we don't agree with someone. Totally. You're so right. It's all about how and to do it in a loving way. And we have lost that art. But, um, man, hopefully this was helpful and be thoughtful, be prayerful, be biblical in how you think about it. The word to be in the world, not of it. Have minds transformed by truth from God's word. And um, I think that's it. That's all I have. Good. All right. We'll see you next week in another episode of Views from the Porch. Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.